Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And that's what I'm talking about today. How do we devote ourselves to prayer? What does it look like? What does it mean for us to devote ourselves to prayer? And I, I always feel the need to, to say a caveat at the start, but especially today that I am speaking as a learner. Um, I definitely do not want to predict an idea that um, I've got it all together in this, um, but I can see the prize and I can see the vision and and I, I know this is worth pursuing. Um, we can see from the Gospels that prayer was a huge part of Jesus' life. We saw him going off into isolated places to pray. We saw him praying with other people. We saw him praying for his disciples. We saw him praying for the people who murdered him. We saw him praying for us. We see him praying the prayers of others, ancient traditional prayers, and we see him praying his own personal and intimate prayers. We see him praying prayers of anguish and of total trust. And we, actually, we know that he is even praying for us now. And it's not just Jesus who's given us this example. Also the early Christians, we read in Acts that they were um, going to the temple for regular prayer services and they were gathering amongst themselves to pray. We hear that they were unified by their prayer. We see in Paul's letters, they're full of requests for prayer from the people that he's writing to. He's sharing with them what he is praying for them or about other things, and he's encouraging them to pray. Prayer was essential for Jesus, and it was essential for the early Christians, and it is essential for us today. Because the Christian life is a life of prayer. It is foundational to the life following Christ. Why is it so important? Well, I think mainly that's a mystery to me. Why would God, the creator of the universe, who is strong enough and mighty enough and good enough to create all of this, who obviously doesn't need us for anything, why would he choose to invite us to ask him for things, to invite us to come into his presence and to partner with him? That, that is a mystery, and that is one of the amazing things about who God is. Maybe also because it's very hard to be shaped by God if we are always immersed in other influences and the other influences are constant and they are many. Maybe God isn't going to shout to be heard above the noise and the busyness of our lives. Maybe prayer is our grounding, our place, the place where our relationship with God is forged, the place where he builds our faith and our character. Maybe it's because we become like who we spend our time with, and so if we want to become like Jesus, we need to spend time with Jesus. Maybe it's simply because prayer is where we meet God, the togetherness that we see that Jesus obviously craved with his Father, and that any of us who, who want to know him more will, will yearn for as well. Maybe prayer is the substance of our relationship with God. The kind of prayer that I'm talking about today is the kind where we, we bring our whole hearts to him, our imperfections, our failures, our fears, our doubts, all of it, we bring it to him and we ask him to intervene. We ask him to respond, to speak to us, to change us, to shape us, to save us, to come to our aid. And we, we put ourselves in his arms in trust. We listen. We, we lift our heads up of up from whatever it is that's got us busy or stressed or whatever, and we, we look to the truer and the greater kingdom and the king on his throne, and we go, no, no this, this is reality, and you are who I worship, not, not all of this. We let him shine the light of the eternal on our current situation. 
and, and probably most importantly, we bring him our love and we receive his. That's what prayer is for me on a good day. <laughs> but most of the time, I, I don't manage to get my heart or my spirit or my body or my brain and all of it together in one piece to, to do that. Um, most of the time, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, as Jesus said to his disciples, who he was asking them to pray with him, pray and watch in that hardest night before he died, um, and they couldn't do it. They fell asleep, and that's, that's how a lot of my prayers end as well. <laughs> I think probably almost all of us in this room would say that prayer is a challenge, that it's even a battle maybe, that it's hard to get to and it's hard to do. It, it can be slow, it can be boring, it can be awkward, it, we, we wonder if anything's happening and, and it's easy just for it to get buried under the pile of other things to do that we feel like we need to do or we want to do. I know that I hunger for a more spiritual life. I hunger to know God more intimately. Yet I feel like there's so much resistance and, and most of it comes from in me. Of course, there's the, I've got little people in the house. There's not literally not much quiet time in the house. And if there is, then I'm probably asleep. Um, but there's the other things that are more about the, my mental and emotional kind of challenges between me and coming to prayer. Um, some of them, I'm going to go through some of them because I think, Maybe it's useful context. Some of them is that I often, I'm tempted to reduce prayer to a task. I'm an achievement-oriented person, and I want to tick things off, get it done, and move on. I, or I come to prayer, and I'm, I'm in this frenetic get-it-done mode. So when I come to prayer, and I'm trying to do something that's silent and listening, it feels so slow. It feels like dropping into a void. And I, I spend my time going, am I achieving anything? Um, would I be achieving something else, something more if I... Uh, read a book or listen to a podcast, maybe on prayer, that would be great. And I would, I'd be achieving it, you know, da, 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 get it done. It's, it's very hard to, to stop and to stop the warring thoughts that are coming at you, thousands of them, that suddenly appear, you remember things that you've been kind of not thinking about and they, they come to you in prayer. Also, I'm impatient. You know, there's the story of Pontius Pilate and he's talking with Jesus and he says, what is truth? And then he walks out the door. And that's so often what I'm doing. I'm asking these really big questions of God. What is truth? And then I, I walk out the door. I, I don't wait to listen to what he has to say. Um, and maybe I, maybe I am waiting for a couple of weeks. Like, you know, I've, I've got that to give. But the idea of waiting a lifetime or beyond to actually walk with him and and surrender my timeline to his, to, to, stop, to not force God to do things my time and my way. That's, that's a challenge for me. It's easy to get discouraged. It's also easy to get discouraged when I don't feel like what I, I don't feel in prayer what I want to be feeling, or I don't, I'm not aware of hearing God. It's very easy for me to mix up his silence with his absence, or for me to use that Emotion is a barometer of God's presence or even his, his love for me. To, to mix those things up, to get really confused instead of trusting, again, trusting in the way that God wants to do things in me. Instead of the faithful commitment despite emotion, uh, despite the highs and lows, to, to stay faithful in prayer. And also I get disillusioned and disappointed when things don't happen the way that I want them to. When, when I'm asking, when I'm believing in the, in, I, 
you know, the goodness and the power of God who can heal, who can save, who can do all this. I know that he can, and when I'm not seeing it, that can be very, very discouraging. I, I know that we walked a long way with, with Eli, um, praying for him to be healed without surgery, and that's not what happened. And so I, and I know that, that a lot of you have walked through similar things where you've prayed for something and you've contended and it hasn't happened the way that you wanted it to when you thought it would. And that that is really discouraging. And sometimes it's easy to put up a bit of an um, emotional um, barrier, I think, between us and God because we don't want that kind of disappointment again. But mostly I think the, the biggest challenge for me and maybe for a lot of us in this room is just simple distraction. It's that there is so many messages, there's so much noise coming at us all the time and it's blaring most loudly from our pocket, like literally from my pocket. Um, it's like we're hooked up to a constant drip line of distraction. All of the little moments of inactivity of um, where our thoughts could be turning to Jesus, it's so often to... It's so easy just to muscle memory pulls out the phone and we're scrolling and we're on Facebook or the news or um, work emails or, or something that the phone is almost leading us where it wants to take us if it had a mind. Maybe it does. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a bigger question for another day. Um, uh, we're letting the noise and the input um, take over our thought life to the extent that maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe we're listening to that. Maybe it's got more influence than um, the voice of God. Uh, some people think that distraction is the biggest threat to faith today. Maybe there's some truth to that. And, and so those are my challenges, and I know that you'll have your own set, and some of those you will relate to, some of those you won't relate to at all. Um, but I wanted to acknowledge that, that prayer is, it, it doesn't happen accidentally, and it, there is a battle around it. And does that mean that it's not worth doing? Or does that mean that maybe there is something so precious about it that there is, there's forces against it? Um, Jesus. Boom. Jesus told a couple of stories about prayer, or some stories about prayer. Um, one of them, he's describing this scene. He's saying, imagine you need something in the middle of the night from a friend. So you go to your friend's house, and you knock on the door, and you're asking for something, and your friend's going, no, no, go, go, go away. I'm, we're sleeping. Just leave. Go, go. We, don't want, we don't want to do that. Go away. And Jesus says, if you keep asking, then that friend, whether they're a good friend or not, eventually they're going to get so sick of you asking, and they're just going to want to go back to sleep. So they're, they're going to give you what you want. So keep asking God like that. Have that kind of persistence when you're talking to God. There's another story. Uh, it finishes that story going. I'm in trouble with this today. Am I doing it? Um, he finishes that story saying, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. There's another story that, that is the same kind of message, and it's a story about a widow who is seeking justice from a judge. And the judge isn't a just judge, but... And so she's asking for this justice for whatever it was, and he, it says in the story that 
that he's not judged, not just, he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He can't be bothered responding. Um, but eventually he's worn down by her persistence and he says, okay, fine, fine, I'll give you what you want. And he, and he gets her justice. And Jesus says, if, if this unjust just judge will eventually give justice because of this kind of persistence, how much more will God, who is just, give you justice? So keep on asking. And it kind of makes you think, if, if Jesus labors the point of persistence in prayer so much, why? why? Why does he need to tell us to keep going so much? Because it is going to be hard. It, it, we're, not, we're not going to see things as fast as we want to see them. They're not going to be as instant. We, we are going to need to persist. So he, we, he, we've got this encouragement from him. He's telling us, don't give up. I love the way in the um, ESV it says, don't lose heart. So how do we cultivate a life of prayer? Um, I'm going to talk about a few things that I find helpful, and this is where I get really freaked out because I don't, I don't, I don't want to look, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Actually, I don't want to say things that. Um, these are these are things that I they do and I love to do, but I don't get it all the time. So please don't, yeah, <laughs> have ideas about what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, the reason I'm sharing them is because sometimes when you hear what somebody else does, it sparks an idea and you think, oh, I could try that, or oh, that is a different way to think about it. Um, so the first thing that I find useful is pray always. I think I've got a basic misunderstanding of the technology. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And I think um, some people have these amazing chunks of prayer time where they've got, I don't know, an hour or two and they can spend time soaking and worshipping and reading the Bible and that's like, sounds amazing. But I think for a lot of us actually don't have that luxury in, in the season that we're in. And so for me, I think the most basic form of prayer is, is praying always. It's finding the, those times where I would be reaching for my phone. It's, it's in a lift. It's walking the pram up to school. It's um, hanging the washing out. It's, it's those little moments where I can remember that I am actually walking through every part of this day with Jesus, and it's turning my heart to him. And it is amazing when you kind of override those, like, input desires or the path of least resistance desires, how you you do have a sense that you have walked that day with Jesus. And there might be a, a specific activity that does open the way for prayer. For me, it would be gardening when I do get to garden. And I think the repetitiveness of it and that I'm only trying to do one thing, I, I find it easy to have a conversation with Jesus, and it's not focused at all, it's rambly like my garden, and it, um, I, I just have a thought about maybe somebody, and so I pray for that person, and then I, I think off about something else, and then I think about somebody else, and so I pray for them, and then I, I carry on, and it, it's like Jesus and I are gardening together, and it, it is lovely, it is really lovely, and so there might be something like that for you, I think often it is sometimes when we're doing something with our hands that's kind of menial, um, and we can... We've got one part of us that's, yeah, distracted in a good way, and so the our spirit and our mind can focus on Jesus. Um, another one that I find useful is 
speaking in tongues. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays with, for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And speaking in tongues is this amazing gift where God has asked us to pray and he's put prayer inside us. You know, if we're a follower of Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit living inside us, we can ask for the gift of tongues. And, and all we need to do when we've got that gift is open our mouths to be, to be available. And it's like a connection. Um, I feel it's like putting my hand in Jesus's. And it's a, it's a moment of trust, eh? Because we don't even understand what we're saying. But we know that we are connected to Jesus. It's, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. And if, if you don't have that gift and you would like it, um, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe we'll get a few around after, after the service. Journaling is another one. This is an example of um, a great journalist's work. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears. And I've, um, I've done journaling since I was a teenager, and it's simply, I just started it as letters to Jesus, and that's what it still is. It's just me writing my, all of my thoughts and feelings and fears and doubts and blah, getting it blah, all out there. And it is amazing how often over the course of a letter to Jesus, I come, it almost follows the pattern of a psalm, not intentionally, but the... Jesus, and then, but I will trust you. I still trust you, and I choose to trust you. Please help me. You know that that rawness of um, of kind of the patterns the psalm, psalms follow. That this is this is really hard, but I will trust you, and I will praise you, and I will carry on. Um, I find journaling quite a good way to keep focused because otherwise, I just. If I'm yeah, if I'm closing my eyes, I usually fall asleep. Or if I'm if I'm just you know muddling along and and praying in my thoughts, I often get really distracted and off somewhere else completely. Praying, praying through scripture. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the two, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Sometimes I use um, the ancient uh, way of praying called Lectio Divina, um, which is just a prayerful way of reading the Bible. I, I don't follow it very rigidly. I think for me, praying the Bible and praying and reading the Bible are quite fluid, interchangeable things. Um, but I do find the Lectio 365 app really helpful. I think some of you use it. Um, I find that quite a cool way to, um, to follow something through praying the Bible. Um, although, as I said, because I've got that task or achievement-oriented side of me, it, it can be easy for it to become this, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading, get it done, tick, move on, da, da, da. So it's having to, like any of these, um, any of these ways of praying, somehow stilling, like really stilling my heart to sincerely come to Jesus, um, to be there to connect with him, not to achieve that, yes, I have done quiet time today. Um, or I, sometimes I just do my own hack version of Lectio where I will um, I'll start with a short passage of the Bible, so probably one, two or three verses, and I'll, I'll pray first, say, Holy Spirit, please come, please speak to me as I'm reading. I want to hear from you today. 
it's, it's almost like you're having a dialogue and, and there's the, the scripture is what Jesus has already said to us. And so please, please speak as I'm reading. And, and so I read it through one time at normal speed and then I read it through a few more times but slower and I'm asking and I'm looking for things that pop out to me. I often read it in a couple of different translations because it, it does make quite a difference. Um, and then after that, I'll ask myself some questions like, what is popping out to me what, and why? What, what could God be saying to me today in this? What, I might ask a few more questions like, what is God telling me about himself in this passage? Or what is God telling me about me in this passage? As it says here, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Or what is this passage asking of me? What is the response um, required here? And especially if there is a response required, then that leads to more prayer, like, Jesus, help me. Because <laughs> the only way I can do that is, is if you're going to empower me. Another way is praying the Lord's Prayer. Jesus himself gave us a template for how to pray. He said, pray like this. And he gave, he gave that um, amazing um, amazing prayer in Matthew and in, in Luke. And I think it can be really beautiful and powerful, again, if we are able to actually sincerely engage, um, not, well, I don't know, maybe saying the words is still a good thing, but if we can, um, I find it's much easier if I, instead of saying the words by rote, I reword them myself because it forces me to actually understand what I'm saying as I'm saying it. So I... I say the whole prayer, but in my own words, um, and I, it's something that I try to do every day because it is an amazing realignment of my heart to his way and his will and his kingdom to go, actually, yours is the kingdom. It's not mine. None, none of this, that email, that whatever, it's all, it's all fading away. Your, your kingdom is, is the permanent, is the is the prize. Your kingdom come, your will be done in me and in my home and in my workplace as it is in heaven. Praying for others. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So we're told to pray for each other. We pray for people that we know and people that we don't. We pray for people in our church. We pray for our enemies, which is one that's easy to go, oh, I don't have enemies, I don't need to worry about that. Um, but what if enemies are actually anybody that we feel resentment towards or contradiction or competition towards? Um, we pray, I think, especially lately, uh, we can pray for people that we hear about on the news or people that, are, that we don't know that are going through things um, I pray for, every time I hear a siren, I pray for the people driving the um, emergency vehicle and the people that need the help. You know, I guess we can turn those emotions of like, oh my goodness, that's so sad. Like that, that weight that we, when we feel the weight of someone else's suffering, we can turn that to prayer. Um, my dad said the other day, oh, guilt is a wasted emotion unless we do something with it. And and prayer is something we can do with that emotion. 
um, we get to practice praying for each other in a church context where we physically can lay hands on each other. Um, we can speak into their situation. We can declare things for them. And we can also carry their needs with us throughout the week. Um, I wouldn't call myself a, the way I visualize an intercessor, but I, I do feel people dropping into my mind throughout the week, and I will pray a prayer for them. And, that, and I know that God is hearing, and I know that God is powerful. Um, and then similar, but not the same, is praying with others. So that's praying for the needs of others, but also praying with others. Um, this could be at a prayer meeting. Um, we have one every month, which you're welcome to come to. It's the first Saturday of every month we do it in the morning. Um, but also praying with a friend just over the course of a conversation. It's so easy to, um, I guess, skim by in friendships at quite a surface level, but it is so easy just to say, what can I pray with you about and to pray with that person that day and, and hopefully they'll ask the same thing of you and and that is amazing like um I find when I do pray with a friend that I'm able to focus more because somebody else is listening to the blah that comes out um and also feeling a sense of God's presence can it, it's different maybe because we're, um, we know to a more gathered that he is with us. We, we have that sense maybe more than at other times. Um, and also it's such a precious thing to be able to borrow the faith of others when we're going through a hard time. Like there's been times in my faith where I literally haven't had the, the faith or the emotional energy more to pray. It's, it's been like I can't, I, I don't even know if I can ask for this, but I can ask somebody else to pray for me, for healing for this, um, or for whatever it is, and to know that somebody else is almost lifting you up in prayer. Um, literally, sometimes I felt like I can feel it, um, and I, I feel like it has carried my faith through sometimes. It's like it's borrowing, it's the faith of others, it's the um, sharing the load. And also praying as a, um, as a family or a couple. James and I used to do that every day at breakfast, and it was really, really cool. Um, it has crumbled in the chaos of <laughs> children, but I hope one day soon we will be back there. Um, and so that brings me to that prayer does change in the changing seasons. When I was a teenager, it was all very dramatic. Um, I did hours of journaling. I um, had a big blue exercise ball that I would dance around my bedroom pretending it was Jesus. <laughs> that was how I would pray. We were dancing. Um, and I would do these um, long prayerful walks in the forest, um, which, yeah, none of that happens anymore. <laughs> well, the journaling does. Um, then when I was a student, I, it became really erratic. And looking back, maybe there is a correlation between um, my erratic prayer life and I, that feels like the wilderness years of my faith, um, where I, I felt like I lost a lot of connection with God. Um, then when I was working without kids, I set the alarm, got up at six, well, whatever it was, and, and had my quiet time before I went to work. And that also is not going to happen the earlier you set the alarm now, the earlier the kids wake up. So it just doesn't work. Um, but I do have a different rhythm now. I have um, where I, 
I try every day to kind of pray as I go to find those little moments in between. And some days I completely forget and get to uh, the end, oh, okay. Um, and other days there is that sense of walking with God. I also have the this rhythm of putting Eli to sleep in the middle of the day. So I have that moment where I'm putting him to bed, where I read the Lectio 365, um, and then I try to maybe do... the. The, there's a morning and there's a night version of it. So I might do the night version at night or I might do my own with reading the Bible. Um, and a, a few times a week I'll, or yeah, one or two times I'll try to have an actual long quiet, like I spend an evening um, having quiet time. As I say, sometimes it does not work out that way in any shape or form. And as the seasons change, it's this dance... It's this dance of tensions, of balancing these tensions, of keeping my heart sincere, like not just doing it to tick boxes of rote duty, versus disciplining myself to make sure that it does happen when there's other things on or when I want to be doing something else or whatever else is going on. It's this tension between adapting to what I can do versus the fact that in every season of life there is going to be an element of sacrifice if we want to have a life of prayer because there's always something easier to do or something that promises a a quicker fix or something that will just simply fill the time. And I believe that in contrast to our culture, we're in a culture where um, if it feels good, do it. True love is, is what feels good. Do it while it's feeling good. If it stops feeling good, then... It's not love anymore, just just move on from that. Whereas in the Christian worldview, we believe that faithful and enduring commitment to choosing and trusting and loving the other, that's what real love is. And in a church like this, we may be big on um, not going through religious motions, not doing anything just because that's what we do or whatever. Um, but is there something, is there the opposite side that we need to hold in tension that something to be said for building habits of faith into our lives so that we do indeed go deeper into a life of Christ, into a life of prayer, not simply floating along with the strongest influences that pull along us in the stream of life. I know that I need constant, regular encouragement to persist in prayer. I know that I need to remind myself how vital prayer is for the life that I actually want to live, which is God's life. I need to discipline myself to turn up because prayer is called a spiritual discipline for a reason. I need to choose to keep trusting enough to keep praying. I need to keep asking for the gift of faith, just, just the gift to be able to be able to pray. I need to surround myself with other people who will pray with me and who will encourage me in my prayer life. And I think that if I need these things, then you probably do too, or some of you do too. Um, so I really I really hope that um, today is landing right. Not that I'm trying to say, oh, look at all these things that I do, because, yeah, <laughs> I really feel like I've got, I know I've got such a long way to go. Um, and it's not to say anyone here is not, not doing enough, not to point fingers, um, but to ask you, is God calling you to a deeper life of prayer? Is there a specific invitation today? Almost like 
is God asking you on a date, like a date and a time? Is there, um, is there a way you could step into deeper, a deeper prayer life? So I thought we would just um, spend a couple of minutes uh, listening in prayer and, and see if he wants to talk to us in that way, and then I'll finish by praying. Our Lord, Father, come speak to us now. Is there something that you want to tell us about in our own lives? Is there an invitation for us today? Jesus, thank you that you're here today. Thank you for your invitation to us. Thank you that you love us so much that you would invite us to this kind of relationship with you. Thank you for your grace. We ask you to speak to us, to keep speaking to us and keep um, reminding us um, yeah, that, that each one of us will, will walk away from here not feeling a burden of um, pressure or expectation but feeling an invitation of love from you. Mm. Thank you that we can bring all of ourselves to you. I love you so much, Jesus. Amen. Um, so if you would like prayer for anything, please do come up. Um, it's what we do. And also there's a couple of um, other resources. That podcast at the top, I very, very highly recommend Um I thought about referencing it quite a lot, and then I thought, no, he just does it better, so um, go, and, go and listen to that. Um, the app I was talking about, Let Go 365, and then a couple of books by Pete Gregg. Um, yeah, come up for prayer, or else go well, enjoy waffles and coffee. And <laughs> <laughs>
Come up. 